0: Welcome to the Doctors Doctors Washington Washington Podcast.
1: On this episode of The Plug, we dive into the next milestone in your career in the medical field, applying for a residency position. You spend four years in medical school learning the textbook knowledge and getting your first exposure in clinical medicine to arrive at the field you want to work in. But you first have to apply for a residency position to get more targeted training in your field of choice. What do you need to know about this process? Well, this episode will touch on the highlights that you need to know to make this process go more smoothly.
2: The first step to applying for residency is knowing which specialty you want to apply to. Sometimes this occurs by third year. Actually, some people come into medical school already knowing what they want to do. But to everyone who's listening, who's currently in the first two years of their medical school or currently pre-med, who think they have an idea, keep an open mind. During your third year or earlier in your fourth year, it's possible to get exposure to your field of choice, but do it as early as possible so that you can be sure that this is what you want to go into. We discussed things like sub-internships or junior internships on our last podcast episode, so you can listen into that for more details. But definitely use those resources to really see if this is a good fit for you, because that's one of your major questions that you need to answer. Is this specialty the right fit? Can you really see yourself enjoying a career in this specialty? Because oftentimes, once you start down the trajectory of a particular specialty, you don't tend to turn back and change, especially once you complete that residency program. And then what do you want your career to look like? And what are the possibilities within your specialty that you've chosen? If you really don't like being up at night, trauma surgery probably isn't for you, even if you like trauma surgery. Those are some of the things that you have to figure out early in your medical school career, or particularly at least by third or fourth year, in order to determine what your specialty will be. If you're having questions or you're not 100% sure which one will work for you, then seek out some mentors within your medical school in order to discuss some of those things because they can create some idea of what's realistic based on what you want and what options are before you.
0: Next, I think it's important that we talk about cost. Unfortunately, applying for residency is not free. You have to pay fees associated with the application. So the ERAS application or the Electronic Residency Application Service is where you would be submitting that application. It costs $99 to submit your application and have fees covered to send to your first 10 schools. Additional schools cost additional fees, so depending on your specialty, you have to be strategic about what schools you apply to and how many total schools you want to apply to. I know some people tend to have a system of safety schools and reach schools that they will apply to for residency. You don't want to have too many reach schools because you may not receive interviews from those schools, but then you shouldn't limit yourself only to safety schools either. Really discuss this with your advisor who can give you a good sense of what schools are considered safe and which one are reaches. And then come up with a strategy for how you will plan to apply. You also have to factor in the cost for things like transcript requests, travel for interviews and things like that. So it can add up pretty quickly. I think one of the positives about the COVID pandemic is that a lot of these interviews for residency transitioned to virtual. So there was no cost involved with that, which was certainly an advantage to the student. There's also a fee for the NRMP or the National Residency Match Program. That's the program you'll have to use to enter your rank list to the programs that you interview at, and that will determine where you'll end up with residency once you go through the match. So a lot of fees associated with that and just understanding and preparing for those while you're going through that process so that you won't be shocked when they come up.
1: Also, just as an overview, the application season generally runs from early June to May of the following year. There are lots of twists and turns along the way, from creating your application to scheduling interviews and second looks, as well as to match day. So let's start off with some of the application basics. So first, with the application and your curriculum vitae or CV, you want to make sure that your CV is up to date. I would even suggest start constructing this as early in medical school as you can so that if you start in your first year of medical school, you only have to add to it over the years and you won't leave out important awards or projects that you were involved in that you want to talk about or want highlighted in your application once you get to your fourth year. This is also a place to include research or community service projects that relate to the field that you're interested in or something that you're really passionate about. Also, remember these community service projects or research projects, because when you go for your interview, they may ask you about these things. Remember, anything that you mention in your application is fair game to be asked about on interviews, so you want to know it backwards and forwards and be prepared enough to discuss them. As you're compiling your application and CV, have them proofread by you and really anybody else that you can have look over it because you don't want to have typographical errors or anything that could have been discovered early on because you want it to look like a polished professional document. The second thing, which is also very, very important, is your personal statement. So your personal statement is basically a document that tells programs why you're interested in the field and what you're passionate about. What they should be able to see is a reflection of you when they read this document. This also is something that should be started on pretty early because it may go through a number of drafts before you get to your final product. Ideally, your personal statement should attempt to stand out in the sea of applicants that they receive. But again, it should still be true to you. I'll harp on this again, but spell check and proofread. You don't want your personal statement or the thing that stands out in your personal statement to be how many typos you have. Another thing that's also important to mention here is that there is now a new optional supplemental portion of the ERAS application available for select specialties and programs, namely in internal medicine, dermatology and general surgery where you can share more information about yourself to improve your chances of interviewing at or matching at your desired program. This is new for the 2022 season, so it's really yet to be determined how it will be used in the interview process. But again, it's described as a supplemental portion that's optional and can be used to share more information about yourself with programs that you may be interested in. So if you're considering it, definitely talk to your advisors at your medical school to give you more guidance as to how this could be used to your benefit.
2: The next step of your application is securing your letters of recommendation. And you remember these from medical school. So this is not an unusual thing or a new thing for you. The key is that you want to make sure those letters of recommendation are personal and are well-written by your letter writers. That means you got to be selective about who you ask to write. And often some people think that it's more important to have major names in the field, but actually the content of your letter is probably more important. I'm not sure how it is for all specialties, but I know specifically in surgery, you do need to have the chair of your surgery department at your institution write one of your letters. The other letters can come from any chosen field. It doesn't have to be all surgeons writing your letters. And sometimes it can give an impression that you're a good student all around if you do have letters from internists and or other specialties in your application. So you will need someone who can speak about you personally. This is very important. The letters should not be generic. They should be someone who has interacted with you on multiple occasions, who can speak to who you are. Also, make sure when you request these letters, they're done formally. Usually, there's a process by which the letter writers have to go through in order to submit your letters. But the way that you request these letters should include CV attached so that they can see all the things that you've done and include some of those things that are, interest them in your letter. Also, make sure to follow up with them within a reasonable amount of time, particularly prior to those letter of recommendation deadlines for the application. My recommendation is that if you have a set number, like say five that are required, then you probably want to ask seven or eight of them to write letters. And then within the system, you can choose which ones you use. You won't be able to see the letter, but you can choose which letter writer you actually send with your application. This is important because people get busy, especially these busy physicians who are caring for patients. And they're doing this kind of on their off time or in between seeing patients or something like that, and it can easily be missed. And so make sure to ask those letter writers to write the letter early, way earlier than you absolutely need it, and then check in with them a reasonable amount of time prior to the deadline in order to make sure that it actually gets done. Another idea is to get one of your letters from your sub-internship because you're going to spend quite a bit of time with those particular attendings. And they can speak to your professionalism and how well you tolerate the workload of a resident. And so it can be a good opportunity to get a good letter.
0: The next step is securing your medical student performance evaluation or MSPE. So this is largely a standardized letter written by your medical school administrator. That's a summary of your evaluations collected over the course of your medical school career. What you have to understand is that this will be all of your evaluations kind of combined into one letter. Oftentimes, if there's a one-off comment or one negative comment in your evaluations, it likely will not be included. But if it's a recurring theme, then it will be included. And so this is why when we had those previous episodes where we talked about how you are to behave on clerkships, putting your best foot forward, this is the reason because it could be included in your medical student performance evaluation. And so, again, that's why even if it's not a field that you're interested in being consistent throughout medical school, because those inconsistencies can certainly resurface and show up in your letter and it will affect you being able to get into your residency of choice. So that's one of the things that's really important as you all navigate your career.
1: Next, I want to briefly touch on your school transcript and licensing exam transcripts. Make sure that you request these early. Sometimes the processing times can be a little delayed. So definitely request those at your earliest convenience. There is a fee typically associated with the licensing exam. It may or may not be a fee associated with your transcript at your school. Typically, these transcripts are sent directly to the application service. We did touch on some strategies for taking step two. So definitely check out our previous episodes for more details about that because it could influence when you take your step two exams and what shows up on your licensing exam transcript. Also, you can follow your application in real time to see what things have been submitted that you aren't necessarily in control of, namely your school transcript, the licensing exam transcript and your letters of recommendation. It is important to mention that you can submit your application, even if some of your application materials are not already submitted, like those things I just mentioned, but be sure to follow up to make sure they're on their way, because some programs may not be able to fully offer you an interview date if you don't have all of those things included.
2: Then I'd also add that just before submitting your application, you may want to do a couple of housekeeping type things. One of those things includes reviewing your social media. And just like for any other job, there are some programs that will check into your social media in order to make a determination one way or the other regarding offering you an interview. This tends to happen with some of the more selective residencies. The ones that are more difficult to get interviews for will do some of that background work prior to offering interviews because they have a smaller number of applicants. And so they kind of have the time where they can do those sorts of things. One thing you may want to do if you don't want to scrub your social media sites is to just make them all private. So the only people who can access your site for the time period of your interview process are those that you accept to access your site. So those are just a couple of housekeeping type things. You definitely don't want something on your social media page from five years ago to affect whether or not you get an interview for residency. We've heard all types of stories when it comes to this. So just do your due diligence on the front end. Then after your application is complete, your next step is to do some of the research associated with those residency programs you're applying to. You want to know if the program is in a geographic area that works well for you. Some people are from the Pacific Northwest and they want to stay in the Pacific Northwest. And if that's your standpoint, then you may not want to look at a program in Florida. And this becomes a little bit more difficult the more competitive the residency specialty you're looking for. Additionally, and this may not be a geographic thing, but it may just be family related. You know, If you need your family around you in order to help raise children that you have, And it may be more difficult for you to go across country to do a residency. And so that may make a difference in where you apply. Also look at some of the characteristics of the program. Do you want a larger program or a smaller program? These things are important. Large programs can be good if you ultimately may want to subspecialize because they tend to be able to have the notoriety that you need in order to get to the next step. But smaller programs tend to be more personal and they really get to know their residents very well. So that mentorship tends to exist a little bit more in those environments. And so you may want to consider those sorts of things as you're applying. Some programs have specific pathways that could be of interest embedded within their program. That sometimes takes a little bit of detailed research to find out. You may want to consider looking into those things as well. If you have a particular interests in certain diseases that are more common in certain places or another, then you may want to consider that as well in your program search. There are some programs whose websites have short blurbs about their current residents and faculty. So you can use that to get a sense of if these are, quote, your people, or if the program may not be a great match. Some things you can only see in person, but you may get hints from reviewing their website. Specifically for some of our minority listeners, a lot of times people are encouraging you to notice that nowadays when you look on their website or learn about their program. To be the only African-American resident is a bit difficult. That was me for a couple of years in my program before they added in a new African-American intern about my third year. And that can be kind of challenging because you are that representative person. And so if you're comfortable in that space, then it may not make a big difference for you. But if you're very much not comfortable in that space, you may want to notice that when you're applying. Also scrub these websites as well, you know, get the information that's there and notice that a lot of medical students really don't look through these sites. And when you go to interviews, make sure that it's clear that you really did your research on this program, especially if you really like it, really put your best foot forward once you get to the interview stage. So once you've decided which program you want to apply to,
0: then you want to submit your application as early as possible. Getting an interview spot can be on a first-come, 1st serve basis after they review applications. So your goal should be to submit your application on the date the application opens to give yourself the best shot at getting an interview offer. Also, set your email alerts on your phone so that you're notified anytime you get a new email. This becomes huge in scheduling interviews because invitations are sent out in waves. So you really want to be the first to know when you get an invite. So you have the first look at interview date openings to plan for visits if it's in person or interview time slots because often they're very limited. I'm sure we've all heard stories of where students were offered interviews, but all the interview dates and times have been scheduled because they didn't respond quickly enough. Make sure you do everything so that this isn't your story.
1: We could go on and on about some of the minute details in creating your residency application and making sure you set yourself up for the best outcomes and in securing interviews at your desired program. The great resource you can check out is amc.org slash CIM for more details to help you navigate this huge milestone in your career. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Please like, share, repost, and rate us on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our new content dropping weekly on Wednesdays.
0: Until next time. The music on the Doctors Washington podcast is by artist Mike Burton. He's a Jackson, Mississippi native. On his album, Soulful, and the track is entitled All Right. It is available on iTunes. No.